0: Hey guys, welcome to a very, very special edition of Happy, Say, Confused. Uh, I'm Josh Horowitz, this is my podcast, and this is the podcast that wasn't supposed to happen. This was supposed to be a week off from the podcast because I uh, I spent the last bunch of days in San Diego for crazy, crazy San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, if you're a listener to this podcast, you probably know what that means. But just in case, that's the event every year where every... Major TV show, film, comic book genre property of any sort gathers, and ginormous movie stars gather, and well, you know, I don't. Why am I even explaining it? Anyway, I've been going for the last eight years for MTV, and I went again this year, and it's a super hectic time, and because of that, I, I, I just knew I wasn't gonna be able to produce a podcast for you guys this week, but. Fate intervened. Uh, and this is a fun story. This is a, a really special, meaningful story for me, and I, and I hope you'll get as much a kick out of it as I did going through it. Um, what we're going to run this week on Happy Second Fused is a panel that I moderated, um, featuring Bill Murray in his very first Comic-Con uh, appearance. Um This, uh, I mean, it kind of was a huge deal, I'm going to be honest, at least for me, and I think for the crowd. Um, He came to Hall H, which is the infamous, ginormous 6,000-plus-seat theater. It's the biggest theater in Comic-Con. This was the first panel of Comic-Con, and um, he it was shrouded in mystery. It wasn't advertised. In fact, we didn't even know for sure if Bill was going to make it um, until Wednesday night. I found out. We found out. When I say we, me and an open road, the studio behind Bill's new movie, Rock the Casbah, that Bill had indeed gotten on a plane and was on his way. The thing about Bill Murray, as you know, as you probably know, is you know he's he's marches to the beat of his own drummer. He does not have a publicist. He does not have a team. He uh, really flies by the seat of his pants, and this was no different. So it was really remarkable. This. Um, uh, Open Road was kind enough to invite me to do this uh, uh, just a few days ago, when it seemed like it was it might happen, and um, I immediately said yes and rearranged some things. And uh, it was it was Mitch Glazer, the writer of Rock the Casbah. This is a this is a cool new film opening in October. You'll hear all, all about it in the panel. Um, that uh, is directed by Barry Levinson, and it's about a a kind of a has-been rock promoter, a music promoter rather, who takes his act to Afghanistan, Zoe Deschanel, and gets mixed up with Bruce Willis and Danny McBride, and it's fun, and and you'll hear, as I said, you'll hear about it in the panel, and you'll hear about it down the line. But but anyway, like, uh, up until... Up until game time we didn 't know how, what was happening what Bill had some ideas. Mitch had some ideas, and suddenly, I found myself with mitch glazer and 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 this icon, Bill Murray, who had met a handful of times but never in a substantial way, going through ideas. Bill was asking me what I thought, <laughs> how should the panel go, how much should he do in character um, and it was It was just me, Mitch, and Bill just talking in a corner for a bunch of minutes and It was, uh, it was pretty amazing. And then the panel happened and it was, it went great. And I'm not patting myself on the back. It's really to the credit of bill and and the crowd who asked a ton of great questions. And, um, and I just thought it was worth sharing. This is, you know, this is something worthy of people beyond just the 6,000 in the room. Um, and I, and I think, I think you'll enjoy it if you're a fan of Bill Murray and if you listen to this podcast, I know you are. Um, so to set the scene, as you hear at the beginning of this, Bill Murray has just taken the stage in character as his character from Rock the Casbah, dressed head to toe in character. He has just sung uh, Smoke on the Water, <laughs> and he's still in character, and then it will, uh, he'll bring me out and uh, it'll shift into kind of a more, uh, conventional conversation by Bill Murray standards, at least since this is a live event um, here, uh you know, some of the visual stuff you'll you'll miss Bill riffing on people he's talking to in the crowd, but you're going to get 99% of it. And it's, um, it's a really great conversation. And uh, it's, it's uh, it was honestly a huge privilege to be a part of it, and and to spend a couple hours in the company of Bill Murray. My God, I got a chance to spend some time with him afterwards, and with Mitch and and Mitch's wife, the lovely Kelly Lynch, and uh, and uh, Bill did another interview with me on camera later, and uh, it was it was just a really really special day, and. Uh, and I'm happy to be able to share it with you guys. So uh keep an eye out for Rock the Casbot. It opens October 23rd. Enjoyed this conversation with Bill Murray and Mitch Glazer. And uh, as always, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horror, which is my handle. Go over to MTV.com for tons of Comic-Con content. Interviewed a ton of folks, including past happy, sad, confused guests like, oh my God, I don't even know where to begin, Uh Miles Teller and, and Kate Marrow, I, just, a ton of people. I mean, we, we really... We talk to Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston, and um, truly, I don't know where to begin. Go to MTV.com, <laughs> search San Diego Comic-Con, and you'll see a ton, a ton of fun stuff. But for now, uh, let's give Bill Murray the stage as only he can take it. Uh, this is a special one. Enjoy, guys.
1: Good morning. How many of you were up all night? Raise your hand. Has anyone got anything left? Because I'm all out. I'm all out. I got nothing. I've got a lot to say, but I, I don't really know how to phrase it. There's like a guy here who's got a notepad. He's going to ask questions. <laughs> let's let him do his thing. Let's not, let's not mess with him, okay? He's Josh Horowitz. He's okay. Uh, he's okay. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Mr. Richie Lanz. Give it up. One more time. The writer of Rock the Casbah, Mr. Mitch Glazer. Give it up. My name's Josh Horowitz. I'm with MTV. And welcome to the very first Hall H panel of the 2015 Comic Con. Now, Richie, uh, obviously I work at MTV, so I know your career really well, but for those that aren't so familiar with it, can you educate us a little bit about who you are and
1: what you've done? Well, I'm rock and roll, Josh. That's what I am. I'm rock and roll. And, uh, you know, it's like I was saying, you're up all night and you run out, you still got to keep going. Am I right? And, uh, you know, sometimes it's all going your way and sometimes, you know, you just got to scrap a little bit. You got to get gritty. It's words to live by, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, write, write some of this stuff down. <laughs>
0: I don't want to bring up an unpleasant subject, but there's been a lot of conjecture about who you've actually managed in your career, whether... Well, I mean, let me just put it to you bluntly. Who, who have you
1: managed? I don't understand the question. I'm not going to... Okay. I mean, I'm out there. I mean, I'm out there. Okay.
0: okay. Mitch... Tell us a little bit about this collaboration and how this came about. Well, there was only one person to
2: play Richie Lanz, the legendary rock promoter, and his name is and was Bill Murray. (laughs)
0: Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, I think we have to give a proper Comic-Con welcome. The very first appearance at Comic-Con for Mr. Bill Murray. Give it up.
1: i'm all about hydrating i really am i mean if you want to stay stay we stayed at the party you got to hydrate you know you got to there's got to be balance got to be i mean we started the morning with some bagels and some tequila right. but then water okay then water okay it's a rookie mistake to skip the water Hmm? It's a rookie mistake to skip oh, the water. Oh yeah, amateur night. No kidding,
0: Bill. Uh, you've arguably had some films in, in your career that would have had a proper place at Comic Con. What the hell took you so
1: long? Why has it taken so long to get here? Well, I don't know. I've done some. I've done some good ones, uh, and uh, I've done some comical ones, I guess. And I've done some that I may maybe should have been convicted for so <laughs> I, you know, I I feel like I fit in I feel like I could fall down in any one of these aisles right here and be left alone until I awoke
0: <laughs> <laughs> this crowd will take care of you should anything arise I think yeah. um, Mitch you, uh, you go a ways back with Mr. Bill Murray I know uh, let's give it up by the way every, every, every Christmas time a lot of people watch It's a Wonderful Life I watch Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mitch is a co-writer of that amazing film uh, that Bill starred in. That was your first collaboration, correct? Yes. That
2: was the first thing Bill, Bill and I ever did. To, wrote together professionally, but um, we'd met years before up at Saturday Night Live. I was up there with friends and met Bill. He was introduced to me uh, by John Belushi as the new kid, Bill Murray. Um, so it goes back a ways. And, um, but yeah, Scrooge is the first thing. But his, his actual best work was, he sang every verse of Brandy, you're a fine girl, at my wedding, which lasted, I mean, uh, there's still people at the wedding waiting for it to end, I think. Um, but we, yeah,
1: we... we some that don't want it to end. Come on, Looking Glass, everybody, Looking Glass.
2: <laughs> it was great. Um, but yeah, and this, this, you know, this came from, uh, this movie, Rock the Casbah, came from a misspent lifetime of... Uh, of being around rock and roll, rock and roll promoters, and, uh, and kind of a chance to actually tell the story of a, of a flailing, broken down rock promoter. And I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a, a moment uh, early on in SNL where Bill played a character called Jerry Aldini, uh, which was uh, kind of a sleazy rock guy who always was on the backstage list and stuff. And And this character is al Dini three or four decades later and uh it hasn't gone well unfortunately <laughs> um but yeah it was a long time in the making and and uh and to bill's credit he jumped in immediately and and uh we had a blast doing it it was
0: great bill have you known managers in your time that have inspired this character this portrayal
1: yeah i mean if you've ever tried to get in the side door of any venue you've met a guy like this character a little bit there's a, there's a wonderful guy named Ron Delsner that's just a pathological liar who's a wonderful guy who uh, represents uh, Van Morrison. He brings Van Morrison to the USA. And my job is to go cheer Van Morrison up before he goes on stage because he's a moody Irishman. He's from the north, you know. <laughs> it doesn't, the son, he's moody. He just is. And it's a long ride. He flies him over to play St. Patrick's Day at the Irving Place every year in, in New York City. My job is to cheer up Van you know which is which you do it's which i do but it's kind of hilarious he's, a, he's he looks like he's a hockey goalie you know and he's he's a growler <laughs> and he plays 45 minutes and no seconds that's his act it's like 45 minutes no seconds there's actually a time clock on the stage but he's great. He's the greatest songwriter, Van Morrison, and it's kind of fun. It's a challenge to go and cheer up like a kind of a sour guy that's been on a you know in business class all the way across the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> got to give also props. I, I got a chance to see this film. It's a great piece of
0: work, and it's an amazing ensemble that uh, is alongside you, Bill. And this one we've got Zoe Deschanel, Kate Hudson, Bruce Willis. Uh, how does a cast like that come together? I mean, is that something, Bill, where you're calling folks up, or are you, Mitch? Is, no,
2: it it, it it really is it comes down to bill i mean barry levinson is a wonderful director uh you know rain man and 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 uh the natural and diner amazing director and did a beautiful job but i mean if we thought about it my producing partner here, is steve bing is here is is that once bill is doing it uh people kind of gravitate to the idea of the movie and danny mcbride and scott Kahn and you know there's a generation and particularly of, of young comic actors who you know came over for basically nothing to do to do the movie and and um and we had a great time together. I mean, you know, Billy had a, a party bus with disco lighting in, in, uh, in Morocco, and we were driving around during Ramadan and, uh,
0: you
1: know, <laughs> making friends There's wherever no we There's no traffic. Went. It's a good time. It really is a good time <laughs> to do this.
0: So, Bill, when you're walking around, like, Morocco, what's, is the reception different than, say, San Diego or New York or L.A.? Is... You
1: get a lot more salam alaikum <laughs> uh, Less drinking. Yeah, there's, uh, there's less public drinking in Morocco. Right. <laughs> uh, the people there are really nice. I strongly, you know, Morocco's a great place to go. People are very gentle. It's a Muslim country, but they're the sort of, they're people that seem to, uh, I like their interpretation of the book, you know. They're, uh, they're gentle, lovely people. It's a beautiful place, very dramatic, a lot of history. Cool places to stay, great beach towns. You know there's off-road stuff if you want to do that you know
0: what's he, do you have a default technique for, <laughs> for okay so when you're working with people you haven't worked with before i would think there is whether you know it or not and i think you do there is a mystique an aura a legend of mr bill murray that i would think would intimidate some actors do you go out like what do you, what's your technique do you like to put them in their place and make them feel intimidated or do you try to disarm
1: that or what's well that? i go to work with a knife strapped to my leg <laughs> and it just means people are going to know their lines they're going to be ready to go they're not you know don't mess with me don't fuck with me francis you know <laughs> me, francis. just show up uh <clears throat> we try to be as relaxed as possible it's really the key for the way i like to work is be really really as relaxed as you can be And that makes people feel comfortable, and I grew up in a sort of, I came from Chicago, and in the Second City Theater, where, you know, we were taught by a great director named Del Close to, you know, you don't have to get tense when you're working, you just try to think about making the other person look good, and then you don't have to worry about yourself. Right. And that's the way I've learned to work, and when people see, holy cow, he's not going to try and hammer me or upstage me or anything, he wants to make me look good, then everybody relaxes. and. We had a lot of fun. We had good people. I mean, Danny McBride is just an insanely crazy talented guy. He should, he's really wonderful. And the girls, Zoe Deschanel, was really, really, really good. And Kate Hudson was awesome. She was spectacular. And Bruce Willis, um, in the role of a lifetime, is, is uh, uh, we own him now. He had so much fun. We own him. Yeah, he seems to be in an altered state
0: in this film. That's kind of frightening. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think and in life, <laughs> <laughs> he had a really good time, with, and you know it was fun working with him. I got to work with him on Wes Anderson's movie, The Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom, and and we had a we had a good time together. Turns out we have an ancient history that I wasn't aware of, that he was aware of. So we we get, we get on great.
0: Wait, what's the ancient history?
1: Well, when I was on Saturday Night Live, um, Bruce was a page, which means it's sort of like a, it's a job you take where you're kind of a slave, it's like an intern slave, <laughs> and his job was actually to refill the M&M and peanut bowls in the, in the actor's dressing rooms, and um, years later, after a few tequilas he said, only you and Gilder were nice to me, you were the only one <laughs> So, but he's, he's alright, he's okay, we had a fun time, like I say Morocco, I'm just saying it's reasonable, it's thrifty <laughs> You know, it's not exactly like sleeping underneath Petco Park, but it's pretty good. You know, is that where you're staying tonight? You're staying underneath Petco? Uh you got to move on. You can't stay in the same place every night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Am I right? You can't sleep in the same place every night. Um,
0: about this collaboration, I would think a lot of directors, a lot of writers, write parts specifically for you, and that can be great, and that can also be mi- terrible. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you find that to be the case when you read things that are intended for you that people are just going into things you've already played, or what's the trap that people are following?
1: I have read scripts where people insist, I've written the script exactly for you. And I read the script and I realize, yeah, these are all my lines from other movies. (laughs) They really, I mean, it's pretty naked. But when when you're thinking sort of, when you lose yourself and you're writing for an actor, I mean, you can sort of visualize one maybe, but you want to write the story that's inside you. You know, you want to write your story, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, Judy Dench plays the part or or Pierce Brosnan. It shouldn't make any difference. You know, you just write the part you want to write. And Mitch is, you know, we've written a lot of things together and uh um well he writes them and I rewrite them is what yeah. really happens.
0: <laughs> do the punctuation? Yeah. But uh, he's not
1: in the guild. <laughs> I'm not I'm in the guild, but oh, I don't take the, the credit. That's another good tip for you young people. Don't take bother to take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> you get away with a lot more if you don't want to write in credit. You really do. <laughs> but you know this this rock and roll world, we've all, went, you know, being on Saturday Night Live and being friends with Paul Schaefer and all those people who, are, who see beneath the rock of rock and roll, they see just all the crazy stories. You know, you see a lot. You witness a lot. And if you've been backstage, you see bizarre, bizarre behavior. And I see, a,
2: I see these guys, the, the, his character, as almost like um, one of those RAF Fighter pilots after their day is over. I mean, you know, the music has changed so much, and 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 uh, you know, record business has kind of collapsed in a lot of ways. And for a guy like like Richie Lance to to you know have the I mean, he ends up taking his last his secretary and last act to Afghanistan, not like a, the ideal gig really that you're <laughs> looking for. So I mean, just the heroism of this guy, you know, staying the course and constantly through the course of the movie saying I'm going to close this deal, you know, with armed Rebels on Horseback um, was fun to write about. And, and, and Bill and I just did a, a, a movie with Sophia Coppola, a Christmas thing that she directed, where he actually does get a writing credit, much to my horror. And, and, uh, um, uh,
1: and so, you know, we have written together. So I it know- turns out you get paid in perpetuity. It's crazy. You get paid for forever. It's never going to stop now. It's only about 70 bucks, but it's nice. The thought that counts. Yeah, it's the credit.
2: <laughs> but uh, so I knew I knew him long enough and well enough to know never say I wrote this for you. Just gave him the script and and, um, and he jumped on. But uh, and it involves singing, which is always an easy way to get Bill to do anything. Just to <laughs> you gave him smoke on the water.
0: Are you do, do you do you sing every day, Bill? Do you have to practice your instrument every day?
1: Uh, I sing every day. Sometimes I sing really quietly, very quietly. No, I don't sing every day, but it's, I have a friend who bothers me. He said, you should be singing. You should be singing today. She she was not from America. Okay. She's not. She's not. I don't like pick up people like that, you know, because they sound funny. She's from Thailand. Why aren't you singing more? So I'm going to sing more. Or else, I'm going to sing more. You, he, Would he, anyone he, like to sing anything right now? Is there something oh. you'd like to sing? If we could all just take like 30 seconds, everyone has a song they'd like to sing. Let's just all sing the song you'd like to sing for 30 seconds, okay? Right. we try this? I've never done this. Let's try this for 30 seconds. A one, a two, a one, two, three. Happy Smoke on the water a fire in the birth sky, birth how birth the music moves on the me world happy birthday, dear Bill. Birth. I can make the nice. 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 you happy for a while. I hope it's being recorded. Yes, you can me shiver with every moment I deliver, <laughs> I mean,
0: you know, I don't want to overstate this, but I think we just invented a new art form. Like an actual new... <laughs> singer.
1: Yeah. A mass singer. I don't know band. if you heard it, but it sounded really good. <laughs> it really did. It sounded very very joy joyous. Really did. <laughs> Thank you. <for> <laughs> I owe you.
0: This uh this film, correct me if I'm wrong. This is this is partially based on a true story. I mean, Afghan Star is an actual TV show in the UK. Yeah,
2: when I was doing the research for it, it one of the gifts of, of you know of doing research is the real world is uh, un- untoppable. There actually is a version of American Idol in Afghanistan, and it's been there for eight years now, eight seasons. And a friend of ours actually has a TV show that that does it. And in a in a, ta- in a city in a in a country that's really obviously uh, been at war for a ha- quarter of a century. This thing was the one thing that people could unite around. So they would text in, just like American Idol, you know, their favorite singers, and it did break down into, you know, posh and, and the various groups. But, but um, they could unite around the music of it, which really suited uh, the theme of the movie. And we got we got Yusuf Islam, Cat Stevens, to, to 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 give us some songs, and and I mean, it ends with Peace Train, a spectacular version of it. And we and uh, so yes, it is based on a true story. And and there was in the th- in the second or third season of Afghan Star, the first woman, to, a Pashtun woman, to come up and sing, and she was warned not to sing or dance. That the, the you know and, the, and there were death threats against her, but she had the courage to do it. And um, she didn't win, but she was a, she was an astounding talent um, and broke a lot of a lot of ground. I mean, it was a, you know really amazing story. And we dedicate the movie to her. And and um, and. Uh, our, our character, uh, the character's name is Salima, is played by Leem Lubani, who's, uh, who was at the time a 17-year-old Palestinian uh, girl from Nazareth, uh, great singer and, and uh, you know, amazing actress. And she and Bill are spectacular together. So that is one of the deeper stories of the, of the film, is the empowerment of, of this woman and also, you know, the, the, the ability for the culture to change, hopefully.
0: I'm curious, Bill, I mean, we were talking a little bit about musical taste. Like, do you connect at all to music today or are your tastes sort of stuck where they where they were you know well, a lot of people they're stuck when they come of age or like when they're 20 or something
1: no I mean I still like music that I heard when I was 20 and some of it's you know will obviously it's lived a long time it still is great but um you know I I like music I don't care where it's coming from right. Jenny Lewis we love um we were with our friend Jenny Lewis the last few days and she's a great singer <sighs> from uh California we were I, I did go see The Grateful Dead's last show in Chicago yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> but I went with Jenny Lewis, and uh, we were backstage with dubious other rock and roll characters. Uh, but there were a lot of fun people, Woody Harrelson. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, I like this band, the, the, are they called Double X or XX? I think they're cool. I accidentally saw them in Nashville. I thought they were great. Um, and this fellow, Chris Stapleton, the young singer guy. Nice. I, don't know, I, just, I just like what I like. I don't have, I'm not tied down to it. I listen to Channel 15, you know. I listen to The Pulse, and I listen to Chill, okay? <laughs> and we'll be... You no, know, it's a, it's a mood swing thing with me. <laughs> I go Pulse, I go Chill.
0: And we'll be, sing, we'll be hearing this next collaboration, you singing some Christmas songs, presumably.
1: We have, and we did this goofy Christmas show, and, um, which was kind of a great story that we wrote, and we had a bunch of unusual people in it. We had... Um, Old school guys. We had Buster Poindexter, Davis Johansson. From Scrooge. Scrooge, Yeah, from Scrooge. (laughs) We had uh, Jenny Lewis. We had Rashida Jones. Phoenix. We had the the Phoenix, the band Phoenix. We had um, Paul Schaefer, Jason 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 Schwartzman. Of course, yeah. Um, Miley Cyrus. And then out of nowhere comes Miley Cyrus. (laughs) Incredible. I got to say, I'm going to say this officially, Miley Cyrus is good. (laughs) I thought, I was not a, I was not particularly convinced. Miley Cyrus is is really fucking good. <laughs> she can really sing. You know, I thought she was just a knucklehead crazy girl and kind of like, you know, kind of girl you'd want to go on a road trip with and maybe didn't have ID or something, you know, but um, <laughs> she can really sing. And she floored everybody. She just floored everybody. Paul Schaefer and George Clooney, all these guys like, holy christ she's really good yeah she She really can sing so i don't want to hear more bad rapping of miley cyrus okay (laughs) leave it for uh well who should we leave it for raise your hand who should we leave it for (laughs) but not miley cyrus she's all right she's a pro
0: um we're gonna let the audience ask a few questions in a second but uh Hmm. uh, indulge yeah we'll leave it
1: for rick ross rick ross is the guy we can run down
0: (laughs) Since it is Comic-Con, indulge me. I have one Comic-Con-y question. Lore, there's a lot of lore about your career. One is that you were up for Han Solo way back when. Well, I don't know if you've heard, Bill, they are recasting Han Solo in a prequel. So I guess what I'm saying is, was it true? Were you ever up for Han Solo? And B, are you still up for
1: taking on the role today? Oh, guys, it's a big moment for me. I know. <laughs> I don't know that I was ever up for Han Solo I couldn't tell you for sure but I am working out now in the hopes of getting this new thing Yeah. you know just a lot of swimming and Pilates I'm really going to work hard at it
0: <laughs> um, I would expect there are a few questions from this audience are we ready for a question or two?
1: I got a spotlight too cool that's scary holy jesus it's superman <laughs> i can see you just shout
2: can you hear me yeah yes, we can. We can. Oh, okay here we go hey uh bill i i i know you like to sing like we saw today and and i know uh zoe likes to sing in uh rock the Cosmo, do you guys do like a your like your own little song together or uh Something freestyle in, in, in the movie?
1: Hmm? Well, I sing, uh, I sing in the shower. I sing Can't Find My Way Home by uh, those guys. And um, <laughs> and Zoe sings I'm a Bitch, I'm a Woman. You know that song? Yeah. She kills it. she does a great job. She really kills it. She can really sing. Actually, we had a rap party <clears throat> on a, a galleon, a ship, literally like an old-fashioned... Three masted ship that they've turned into a bar somewhere in Morocco, and they had, and so they had a what do you call it? Uh, You know, it's a karaoke Uh, night, right? Karaoke night. So she chooses to sing "We Are the World" as her karaoke song. (laughs) Do you know how hard it is to sing that song? Try it sometime. It's in, it's, it's, it's up there to sing it, and she's got to imitate like 14 of the greatest she's got to sing the pitches and the keys and notes of like 14 of the greatest singers in America it's an, a staggering piece of work so if she died tomorrow I'd say her karaoke work it will live forever <laughs> <laughs> but you have another question because we walked a long way
0: i just say thank you for being here we're so happy to have you here thank, it, you. Awesome.
1: thank you thank you Oh, my God. It's another one of my cousins. (laughs) And, oh, there's the mic. Hi, guys. I have a question
0: involving Richie Lanz's managerial standards, Mr. Murray. Uh, Would he consider ever taking on, like, say, a classical act or, like, a juggler or
2: possibly a unicorn? (laughs) Only if there's money involved.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's all contractual. (laughs) But everyone's looking for a unicorn. We all are. Everyone in the management business is looking for a unicorn. Have you got something you'd like to sing at this instant?
2: (laughs) It's a small world after all. It's a Okay, snow. Great,
1: great. Okay, thank you. Great. Stop what you're doing, it's great. Don't change a thing. Don't change a thing. <laughs> oh god, I can do this forever. <laughs> you're next. A crowd favourite.
0: Hello, Bill Murray. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing? I'm
0: doing fantastic, especially here with you. Um, I'm going to be camping out again tonight, so you're welcome to sleep with me outside Hall H. Okay. Um,
1: uh, Mitch, my question's for you. Uh,
0: I'm still
2: having that picture in my head. Sorry, go
1: ahead. (laughs) Just... But I was wondering
0: if uh, t- uh, trying to get him to say the lines that you actually wrote was hard, or if he just goes on and on no, in his he, own he, way. No, here's the thing.
2: He, there's a myth about it. He's, he's very good with with the script. He does... Uh, I, I was saying to my writing partner on, on Scrooge, who was going mental, because every time Bill would change anything, I'd say it's it gets better. But, you know, so we should be thrilled with, with that. And, and he is wonderful at it. But at this point... I do, I do understand, I do know his voice after writing for and with him for all these years, so it's pretty close to what it is, but it gets better, you know, on the day, and, and uh, you know, Barry Levinson had the occasional idea and all that, but no, he's very respectful of, of writers, and, and SNL comes up that way, that's how it is. He doesn't change a word, is what I'm trying to say. Not one.
0: We love that kind of collaboration. It's amazing. Thank you,
1: guys. Thank you. Thank you. How many... How many guys does... How many people is she asking to sleep with her? That's what I want to know. (laughs) I mean, does everyone give her a button when they leave? What's the deal? (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, I want to feel a little bit special, you know? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hi. So, um, my, my, my name is Jonah. I just want to say first that your comedy's really gotten me through a lot of hard stuff. And I just, what I was wondering was, with a film like with a film like this,
2: what was maybe the best or funniest part of filming it? Like maybe a favorite memory.
1: Well, it's really when you go to a place that's so foreign, you're on another continent. You know, you're on another continent you're in another culture a combination culture a country that's been invaded by the french and the spanish and the berbers you know they live there you know they they have their own they've had their own wars you know you you feel the the wind get pulled from the ocean by the sahara the sahara sahara pulls the moist air to the desert it's an extraordinary sensation to be there so I think one thing that was really amazing, there was a night in Marrakesh, and I call it Marrakesh because I'm too hip to say Marrakesh. (laughs) There was a night in Marrakesh where we were at a restaurant, which you wouldn't even notice. It looks like it's sort of an industrial stucco building downtown, but you open the doors and it's this magical tile, fern, water, light building that's been there for centuries. And you're inside of this thing, and you march up through the entire building to the roof. And on the roof, you know, they've made the accommodation where they serve vodka, you know, and tequila. And you're on the roof, and there's a two-man band, just a man with a four-stringed instrument and a drum. And they're playing something you've never heard in your life. You're on top of, this, you're on top of the city, overlooking, overlooking the market. And the stars are above you, and there's this rhythm that's thousands of years old. And you think, you know, I'm in the actors' union, you know. I'm just a guy from Illinois, and I'm here being able to touch and listen to something that's affected people for many centuries. And You you just get reminded you have a responsibility to take what we're given and pass it on, transform yourself somehow and pass it on.
0: Hi. Hi, Mr. Bill Murray. Um, I was just curious what has been your favorite role to play ever?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> once upon a time, I did save the city of New York. <laughs> And I had the coolest damn car to drive around Manhattan. In. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Hi, Bill. I'm James from Nerd Central, and this movie looks awesome. I want to know: has it got a rocking soundtrack with some karaoke options?
1: It has. Well, it has a. It has some kind of a classic rock uh, soundtrack because it's. Um, You know, he's an old-time promoter, but you know, our friend Steve Bing, who's one of our producers, managed to call in favors from some of the greatest. You know, Bob Dylan. You know, Leon Russell. These the great names: uh, Eric Clapton, Steve Winwood. There's some. You know, Steve Stills, Neil Neil Young. We got Kid Rock. He's jokingly saying Kid Rock over here. Kid Rock. um, I'm serious. (laughs) Uh, but it's 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 a fantastic soundtrack, and there's great and there's great music through it. It's a powerful, it's a powerful movie. I don't know. Have any of you no one has anyone seen the movie yet? No, it's not out. It's not out yet. Okay. Well, I've seen it. I've seen it, and it's uh it's really good. I don't. I would not be appearing in public if I didn't think it were really good. <laughs> it's really it's really good and, and music is music is part
2: of i mean he his character is a rock manager the the girl he discovers sings only cat stevens songs because uh, she's muslim and 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 so you you have a you know so music is it's not just uh the soundtrack it's actually part of of the film but there's a great gonna be a great soundtrack for it <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> i promise
2: Hi, Bill. I know you're probably sick of hearing this, but assalamualaikum.
1: Assalamualaikum <laughs> salam.
2: Um, I wanted to know if you felt that, as a legendary actor, if you had a responsibility to educate the masses through entertainment roles like this.
1: Well, uh, that's a that's a fine question. Uh, I don't. I, I think it's. You could take it that way, but it's sort of like I was saying to the other gentleman, um, not the other gentleman, but the gentleman, uh, you don't have an obligation to uh, educate through your work. I think when you do, when people try to do that, I mean, it have, you do it if you do it correctly. But I think if you set out with that intention, I'm going to educate people with my work, it's you're missing, you're sort of aiming at the curb. You're not exactly aiming at the stars. You know, I think if you educate people with your work, you're aiming even higher. You're not even offering to educate people about, say, the issue of women in Afghanistan or freedom somewhere. You're talking about trying to live by principles that we only aspire to, you know, that we mostly don't achieve, that we mostly don't attain. And you don't take yourself so seriously, but you try your hardest to to comport yourself it's a word you don't get to use comport yourself to be alive you know now to be alive now so if, if we can all be alive now really just be here inside of our skin now not next to us not in the aisle in front of us or down the, down the row if we can be in our skin right now then as a group we're all elevating somehow yes we're all going up we're all rising yeah and all you can do if you can try to be that way on the on screen on the film and it's sort of ideal in a way because most of us only have a short attention span anyway At least certainly as i do if you can be that way for as long as you are on the screen sometimes a take only lasts a minute and a half or something I can, I can hold it together for a minute and a half. I can be calm and relaxed and alive that long. And that gives you hope to do it again. You know, it's a lot of work, but it gives you hope to do it again. And, and you can see that even though there's not an intention to do a certain thing, that happens on the way to trying to make the other thing occur. Does that make sense? The personal becomes universal,
2: you know, so the, the, the story, it's not, not lecturing, like it's, a, it's a great ride, but the, per, the story of this woman or whatever, or this guy, becomes universal, you know, in the telling of it. So it's not like a, a lecture or anything. I think that's part of what you're saying, too.
1: And I hope so. <laughs> well, hope is a very big part of it, it really <laughs> is. <laughs> Thank you. That's a wonderful question. Thank you. My knees are shaking a little. I'm sorry. (laughs) Your knees? Yeah, a little. All right, well, see if you can make it move up to your hips. (laughs) You can get your hips moving, then your arms are going to go above your head, and it's all going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. feels good so my question is about Bruce Willis. is he a jackass on set or is he does he does he have a soft heart that you really need to dig into or is he a nice foil to you What is he like well he's a he's a movie star you know he's a movie star, and you know you hear stories about people and uh You know, I mean, I don't know if I've heard really a whole hell of a lot of stories about him, but you hear stories about people, like, oh, he's tripping on people or whatever. Well, when you're the movie star and a real movie star, and he is one, you have to sometimes take matters into your own hands. You know, you really do. In the name of entertainment, for one, in the name of, and really in the name, more often than you'd think, in the name of just respecting the crew, you know, because there are people that try to, sort of take over a situation and dominate people. I don't want to say producer slime, specifically. No, I don't want to say a certain kind of person, but there are people that want to take advantage of a group situation and dominate. There's a personality flaw. And a movie star can step into the middle and say, no, that ain't going to happen, boss. That's not going to happen. And they'll get a little loud, you know, and they'll get in someone's face. And that story gets repeated because that person got loud. Or that person got in someone's face, but the movie star—they're a noble race. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> they, you endangered. have to sort of—and they're an endangered species. That's <laughs> <is> right. <laughs> Sometimes they get really loud and ugly and cantankerous in the name of protecting like an integrity to the job. And it's not just the script or, or the, the hours that you have to work, or how—but how the true the the crew is treated, the food that they're served. I mean, it's a whole lot of things. My experience with Bruce has been on two films, Moonrise Kingdom, wasn't too shabby, that movie, and, and this one rocked the Cosba. And he and I shared, I mean, we had, you know what a two-banger is in terms of a trailer? A two-banger is, it's like, it's not even a studio apartment. It's, a, it's like half as much room to Josh as I, that's for he and his crowd. And this is for, you know, he wasn't living, he wasn't tripping at all. You know, he had a dinky little trailer in a dusty little place where there's no air conditioning, and the smoke blew in your face, and the sand blew in your eyes, and it was 116 degrees one day, you More know. And black. And he was dressed in black, which is <laughs> slimming, but hot. You know? Thank you so much, Bill Murray, and for teaching me a new dance move. <laughs> you got to find that chick with the buttons, my friend.
2: Hello. Hello. Um, you're live to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And so, um, uh, actually, the, the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, evolved to, to live, live posting and live, all the things... So, what do you think about empowering minorities? And so, what do you do to, to make things better?
1: Why do you ask you? Uh, who's that question for? <laughs> 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 well, if you're, asking, if you're asking me, am I in favor of empowering minorities? Absolutely. Uh, I, I think, you know, the world is changing. It's very slow. It's very slow and it doesn't change the way we want it, you know. There is a justice in the world. It just doesn't come when we want it. It comes slowly. It's it's planetary, it's, you know, it's universal. It comes, but it comes very slowly. And you know, you can hit a table and say this is wrong, that doesn't mean it's going to change overnight. Like there's a flag flying from a building in South Carolina that people are really upset about, you know? And it's going to change. It's changed, it's going to change, but it doesn't change because someone says so. There's something that's got to change in the way it is. I mean, we were a country that was founded with a glorious declaration of independence at a time when we still had slavery, you know, and the deal was, okay, we'll sign it. They couldn't get the deal done. They said, okay, we'll sign it, but in 1820, we're going to, they, they started, the laws started changing and people had to start giving away their slaves. That's, there really were, I mean, if you really look into the history of it, they made a deal like, okay, we're going to end slavery, but we can't get it done today. Okay. They made a, they made like a 50 year plan to get it done. You know, it's insane, but that was the way, you know, you had to make some sort of compromise with people that wouldn't bend back then. It was wrong. Still's wrong, you know, but. You know, you you can only make it happen so fast. So how how do you make it change? You know, it really starts with yourself. You know, we are slaves ourselves. We're slaves to our own weakness. You know, we're slaves to our bodies and we're slaves to our emotions. If you can free your own self, that's a huge help. That's really all you can. That's really the best thing you can do. And that state that you enter then, that you attain, affects everyone around you.
2: funniest
1: part in the movie is' <laughs> you take
2: that one yeah i'll take I'll take that one for bill uh th- there's there's a, a part where um spoiler alert uh the uh, th- there's an explosion and and bill's character it seems like he's, he's he's been affected by the explosion but he's he's deafened by it and has written. It wasn't quite as funny as it ended up on the screen because uh, he just starts stomping around the desert and Bruce Willis is saying, you know, come back here. And and for me, there's like a 30-second moment in the movie that's pure physical comedy, the best of what he does. Uh, You'll see when you see the movie. It's just, you'll be laughing, I promise. You personally. (laughs) It's really funny.
0: I think we have time for just a couple more. Home stretch, here we go.
1: Hey, uh, Bill Murray. I uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, but there's people that share around these stories of uh, you doing crazy things and acting weird, and then turning to the person that's telling the story and saying, "No one will ever believe you." <laughs> uh, if uh, I, I was a curious if any of those stories have any validity to them and if not, like, if you have heard of them, is there one that really is like you've heard and you're like, wow, that's pretty crazy (laughs) I don't know what he was talking about (laughs) It sounds like fun, though, doesn't it?
2: I I can attest to one. My wife is here who who starred in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Kelly Lynch is here. And uh, I can attest to to one of those stories, which is uh, for about, it felt like 20 or 30 years, but for about five or six years, any time Roadhouse was on... Uh, and I mean, it was on TNT every fifteen minutes. It seemed so. It'd be four in the morning. He actually once called me from Russia at a wedding to say, "Your wife is banging Patrick Swayze." And 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 then there was a then there was a moment where all his brothers were calling me at weird hours to, to do the same voice. So I, I mean, I don't know about the you'll never believe it, but but Kelly and I were haunted by by, by the Ghostbusters. Hey, Bill. uh, I'm Josh, and this is my daughter, Annika. So uh, this is baby's first legend she's witnessing on the stage right now. So thank you for being here. Um, My question is, being surrounded by all these nerds, the greatest uh, group gathering of them in the uh, world, really, every year. So, What is your niche in the nerds? So is it Star Trek, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Firefly, Doctor Who? Where do you fit in amongst us?
1: That's a that's a great question. That really is a good question, and I wondered about it myself. I I have a taser with me. I wasn't. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I didn't. I, re, I honestly didn't know what my place was before I came. I didn't know. I've been nearby and and seen just sort of like television kind of coverage of of what's happening, but. I must say, it feels wonderful to be in this room. It really does. So, so I don't, I have a lot of dress-up outfits at home that I, I really wouldn't, I would surprise you with. I'm not going to tell you. I'd really rather surprise you. But I feel like I could, uh, I feel comfortable in this room in that there's, a, I don't know what it is, I don't know if it's passion or, you know, I like when people get excited about something. You know you know there's a lot of people that just don't get excited about much at all you know that only get excited about food or something or tv <laughs> or something but the fact that you all are excited about something in particular and really just the forms you know the fantastic forms you know the creative forms you know that's that's pretty cool you know it's it's nerdy but it's uh it's some of the best parties I've ever been to were with really insane nerds, like crazy, <laughs> crazy. Like, I was at a party once at the at the Skywalker Ranch up there. You talk <laughs> about nerds. You talk about nerds. I mean, these people, they should have their blood tested, you know, or, or recycled or something, transfused into other people, but... The rap party, when we finished the work up there, was one of the craziest and most maniacal I've ever seen. It was really fun. Playing to a band called El Rayo X, by David Lindley's band. Anyone know this band? It's like a really stupid... And people literally bouncing upside down on their heads and standing on their heads and stuff. It really was stupid, stupid fun. I liked it a lot. Well, um,
0: Bill, we are very proud to embrace you as one of our own here thanks. in all H.
1: thanks. Um,
0: truly you guys have kicked off this is literally the first big panel of comic-con hall h has been kicked off in, in great style please give it up one more time making his first comic-con appearance for bill murray Mitch blazer rock the casbah opens october 23rd thanks guys <laughs> Hello, Internet. Paul F. Tompkins here. You may know me as a guest on all of your favorite shows and three shows you don't like all that much, but now I have a show of my own, Spontanea Nation, where I pick the guests. I finally have the power. First, I interview wonderful people like Colin Hanks, Caitlin Olson, and Michael Sheen. Then, a cadre of elite improvisers and I will use that interview to spin a crazy improvised story. How crazy? This crazy. Diane, when we met, I
2: may have ended your life by vampiric means and made you a vampire. That would explain why I keep drinking people's blood.
0: (laughs) And why your skin is so fresh and radiant.
2: Yeah, and I tried to kill myself a bunch of
1: times and it did not work.
0: With music by the incomparable Eben Schletter and yours truly hosting, it's Spontanea Nation, only on Earwolf.
2: Only for you, Damien. I'm doing this for you. <laughs> pop, 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 <laughs> pop,
1: Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Scheer.